0: Listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins
1: Colossus.
0: And welcome to episode 17 of the Testudo Times Podcast. I actually remembered what number of the show this is this time, where I am asking Alex Hirster the most important question from the weekend. Did we ever find out who was sleeping in the m and Bank Stadium press box? Uh, we didn't. Uh, I've got a team of reporters
2: on it now, and uh, obviously hoping to hoping to get a Pulitzer out of this one. So we'll see what we can
0: figure out. You know, it's so funny. I was expecting the Maryland Penn State game to be earlier in the year. I was expecting it to be the of the not safe for work bad variety. It was just of the Pac-12 after dark stupid variety. <laughs> and how could you fall asleep during that game? It was fun. Um, It was it was fun in a perverse
2: kind of way. I mean, Patrick has seen, you know, Iowa, Iowa State play before. I feel like it resembled that to a degree. Um, I know Patrick knows what I'm getting at there, but it was okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of accurate. Speaking of Patrick (laughs) Mint of the Iowa SB Nation blog, the name that just now escaped me, even though I practiced this before. Patrick, what's the name of it?
1: Blackheart Gold Pants, boys. Thank Black you. Blackheart Gold Pants. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I, I believe Spencer Hall once termed the Iowa-Iowa State game El Asico. So, yes, 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 he did. So there, so there's a reason why you should you should watch every game of Iowa-Iowa State from now on. Uh, Patrick is joining us because, of course, Maryland is playing Iowa this Saturday. Wow. Can't believe I'm saying that after la- even after last year. But, Alex, we need to talk about the Penn State game first. It was weird and fun in a perverse kind of way. I did not expect that watching it back and forth and tons of mistakes. It was actually a fun way to spend three and a half hours of your life. Uh,
2: You know, it was okay. It was interesting. It was a very big 10 kind of game. Um, I don't know. I don't know how standard it is to see eight turnovers in a big 10 game. Um, Hint, I think it actually may be fairly standard Um, as well as some missed field goals and and some punts from inside 50-yard lines and things like that. Um, but it was uh, it was
0: interesting, I suppose. Patrick, how standard are eight turnover games in the Big Ten? We're kind of new to this, if you understand.
1: Um, they're not happening every week, but it's not the most uncommon thing in the world, especially once you hit November and things get cold. Um, <laughs> especially if Penn State's involved. Suddenly, the the turnover rate always goes up when Penn State's involved.
0: Well, Mm -hmm. well, Maryland turns the ball over like it's fun. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for Christ's sake, Maryland has what thrown the most interceptions in the country this year. Probably has the worst turnover ratio in the country if I think those stats are correct. I might be right, Alex. Am I Um, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're they're at twenty interceptions now, and I think I want to say a minus twenty. No, 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 I I want to say they've given up twenty seven. Turnovers, and I think the FBS high is 28 by Charlotte. So, and, Charlotte um, and, and what's is, crazy is that Iowa is like top 25 and turnover margin too. So that's going to be
0: that's going to be a thing on <laughs> Saturday. Oh, trust us, it'll be a thing. Uh, on the game th- for the rest of it, Perry Hill started again. He threw a bunch of interceptions, but it was another Perry Hill's kind of game. And I think the more fun part about the offense is that was Maryland's offense unhinged. Will Likely was taking snaps. Shade Cockerell was taking snaps. Screed, everything that was possible ended up happening. It was actually kind of exciting. Thank you, Mike Locksley, for that.
2: Yeah, it was It was definitely uh, as if something had changed, and I think it has. That's all you had to say about that? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's hard to say exactly how, how permanent it'll be. Um, but, you know, when you're two and four, got to try new things. And Maryland tried new things. And to a
0: degree, they worked, which was encouraging. To the degree, if, they, if Brad Craddock makes a field goal, Maryland wins. Yeah, Maryland does yeah. a lot of things differently. They actually win the game. But anyway, regardless of that, let's get to Iowa. I, we, I know I want to talk more about that game, but we have somebody from Blackheart Gold Pants here, so we should get to the Hawkeyes. Patrick, I remember on this show, our, the great Pete Volk said that Iowa was going to be horrible. How horrible, I don't actually remember, because we recorded that show almost two months ago. Iowa is 7-0 <laughs> with a legitimate chance of going 12-0. What the hell happened?
1: Um, Kirk Ferentz kind of figured out that he couldn't keep doing what he was doing and win. Wow, is really the the short answer. They have, they, to an outside observer, they look like old Iowa. They're still running at an obscene rate. They still kind of run conservative blitz, rarely defense. Um, but they've done a lot of little things that have changed essentially how they're doing what they want to do as their core principles, and as a result. They're really playing well. Um, on top of that, they they got rid of a pending quarterback controversy, got the right guy for the job, frankly. No offense to Jake Rudock, who's been pretty good at Michigan as a graduate transfer, but um, C.J. Beathard works better with what Iowa wants to do, and it has had the offense kind of clicking the entire season. And with that, everything else has fallen into place. The other big thing for Iowa is they're never really that good if the linebackers aren't any good because they need a, a good defense to make the whole thing work. And um, especially at middle linebacker where they moved the, the strong side linebacker, Josie Jewell, in, um, they've really seen an uptick in, in production and in, um know, awareness. They just last year, they got just shredded on the edges on defense and that's just not happening this year. So those two things are the big ones, but really there's a lot of talk here about new Kirk versus old Kirk. And while the, the coaching staff kind of dismisses it, it's a real thing, and it really has changed things around here.
0: I think Pete mentioned something about Iowa running the shotgun for the first time ever or, or something along those lines. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I still remember, remember C.J. Brown gashing Iowa on the edge last year and just kind of laughing. Yes. I never <laughs> expected C.J. Brown to be able to do that, although Perry Hills will probably do the same thing, but that's because that's all Maryland's offense has. Uh, I think also what's helped Iowa out in my limited viewings of them is the rest of the Big Ten West is – not very good, and Iowa's probably beaten the two teams that have the best chance of catching them up, which is Wisconsin and Northwestern, both away from home. So Iowa, they're the favorites for the Big Ten West unless something very Iowa happens and they completely collapse.
1: Yeah, they got essentially a two-game lead. They're up one and a half on, or uh, no, excuse me, one on Wisconsin, two on everybody else, and they have the tiebreaker Wisconsin from beating them. So. They kind of have a bit of a cushion for the first time ever. It's a really good year to be pretty good. Um, Nebraska's really struggling with their coaching change. I don't think Wisconsin's got the right guy for the job, frankly. I don't think that Paul Chris is much of a coach. as a head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator, but not much of a head coach. He's kind of like Loxley, frankly. Um, <laughs> and and I, I think that that has, has opened up the door for Northwestern and Iowa. And if Illinois could have done something Illinois, um, and Iowa was the one that took full advantage of it. So you're right. It's a, it's a really good year to be a pretty decent team in the Big Ten West because there aren't that many around, but it's also been a really fun year in the Big Ten West. There's Anything can happen in any given week and, and seems to be happening on a regular basis, so it's hardly a lock that Iowa's at 12-0. But uh, I, I just told Alex on our podcast, I know people that are buying Rose Bowl tickets, which is I don't know people that have ever done that in my entire life. And it's October twenty sixth. So um there is a certain amount of, of confidence bred from the first two months of the year.
0: Didn't Iowa make the Rose Bowl what, like nineteen eighty six, I think? Eighty
1: six and ninety one was the last one.
0: Okay. So hey, the Mets won the been, World Series it's been in nineteen eighty
1: six. Four years. There you go. I was in I was in Carver Hawkeye for a basketball game the day that they announced that the 2002 team was going to the Orange Bowl rather than the Rose Bowl. And people booed (laughs) because they wanted to go to the Rose Bowl so damn bad that they couldn't believe they got shut out of it. So um, there are it'll be a a mass. I mean, it'll, it'll look like people are actually moving to California. There'll be so much It'll be Conestoga wagons going to Pasadena for the, the entire month of December if Iowa makes that game. If
0: Iowa makes it. I'm going to ask the same question in two separate ways here. Alex, I'm going to start with you. At we are Maryland people. How do we view Iowa coming into this game? We see the top; they're ranked in the top 10. My God. We see what they have done, and we saw Maryland beat them last year in College Park, very different teams. So how does Maryland – how as Maryland fans are we viewing Iowa? Um, I think it's, it's, it's really –
2: Viewing, I think I view Iowa with with great interest, almost like a guinea pig, um, because you've seen uh, that Iowa is not the same as it's always been. Although in some ways, maybe it is. Um, you know, Kirk Ferentz, um, as Patrick just mentioned, seems to be doing things very differently this year. Um, you know, Iowa still punts from inside the forty yard line, um, <laughs> which is adorable. Sense. And Maryland, Maryland, Patrick has a designated short distance punter, um, so there, the could be, there could be some terrific um, pooch punts in this game. Um, but but I digress. Is fired, so Mike Lockley might actually go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's a team that seems to me like it's really pulled together um, in an impressive way. I mean, Iowa lost a lot, particularly in the trenches after last year. Um, Brandon Scherf, great offensive tackle, no longer around. His
0: entire resume will be remembered solely for getting punked by Andre Monroe. Right, right. We were talking about that, too. Um, <laughs> they,
2: I know they've lost Drew Ott, terrific defensive lineman. Um, and is he gone for the season, Patrick?
1: He is. Yeah. Torn ACL. He's done terrible.
2: Yeah. Um, And I know they lost uh, Louis Trink Passat, who was a really good interior lineman last year. And yet they've got one of the best rush defense in the country. Um, CJ Beathard is is great. Um, So it's just it's interesting. I mean, they're they're really good, even though I don't exactly get it. And they're and they're much more explosive than they've ever been before.
0: So Patrick, then how do Iowa people view Maryland? Cuz I think this is going to be honestly more interesting than how Maryland people view Iowa to be honest. Sorry Alex.
1: You you bunch of you bunch of crab cake eating East coast sons of sons of whatever. No, they're that was um,
0: nice when you came out here last year.
1: I uh, hey, you guys destroyed us last year. I was just talking about that with Alex. Like that game terrified me with regard to Maryland going forward, which is why I was so surprised when this year was not very good. Will likely still scares the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I, I I think Iowa fans look at it, with again, kind of a bit of curiosity. I don't think that we understand how it is that you could get rid of Randy Edsel that fast. Because um, we've, we've had those times. Apply. Right, right. We've, we've we've had that Randy Edsel guy. Although the difference between Ferentz and Edsel is that I think Edsel kind of pissed off everybody who was there, and Barrett's never really done that. Um, but they, there's a certain amount of trepidation in the fact that you've got Will Likely. There's a certain amount of trepidation in the fact that you've you've got a, a quarterback who seems to be figuring out how to run the ball, which has always been Iowa's Achilles heel. So I don't think that they'll be looking past them given what happened last year. Um, but there is a certain amount of, of you know morbid curiosity in, in what's not gone well for you guys so far this year.
0: Morbid curiosity, meaning stay away, please. You don't want to see what's going on. Imagine if Kirk (laughs) Ferentz went really wrong. Again, as you said, imagine if Kirk Ferentz pissed everybody off. That's what Randy Edsel did this year. Uh, And then Mike Loxley came in and tried to make Maryland fun and then just made them sloppy. But it was at least entertaining. Uh, Alex, there were a couple players in the Penn State game that I think had big games. Malcolm Colmer's renaissance, I guess you could say, or playing because of DJ Moore's injury. Uh, he played really well. So we saw a change on the two deep. We're going to see the wide receivers active a bit more, but somebody like Malcolm Colmer getting another opportunity is fairly interesting. And we saw a lot more of Ty Johnson than we did under Randy Edsel. I think we saw him a bit against Richmond, but we saw him split time with Ross and Brown. So can we see a little bit more of those guys this week pending DJ Moore's injury, which we don't know as the time of recording, we're recording this Monday night. We don't know what his status is for the game on Saturday. Uh, Yeah, I think you might. I think given how good Iowa
2: is defending the run, uh, I think they've given up one rushing touchdown all year and and like two and a half yards of carry. Um, So Maryland probably needs to throw. Um, Maryland, of course, has 20 interceptions. So that's kind of why I don't really see this working for Maryland no matter what happens on Saturday. Um, But I do. I think think no matter who's plugged in, uh, Maryland's going to need to throw the ball. Um, you know Iowa has a pretty good secondary. Uh, Desmond King's one of the best cornerbacks Maryland's going to face all year. Um, Jordan Lomax, who I believe is a safety, Patrick. Yeah, is is free safety. yeah free safety. He's very good. Um, I miss Patrick. I, I was looking on the roster. Is Loudermilk um, no longer on the team? He he graduated. That's that that was the most Iowa football player name that I think <laughs> I've, I've ever encountered.
1: John John Loudermilk. Yes. Yeah um Uh, yeah i that was and and johnny tried hard but that was probably addition by subtraction i mean (laughs) they've they've replaced him with miles taylor who's kind of from your neck of the woods and while taylor has made some mistakes he hits like a truck and is had enough athleticism to make up for the mistakes he makes so we we miss johnny in in name (laughs) we don't necessarily miss him on the field
0: Okay, so Patrick, I'm going to ask you, instead of asking Iowa's Strengths, because they're number 10 in the country, so they evidently have plenty, what's their biggest weakness?
1: They, um, they've they got a real banged-up offensive line right now. They're kind of putting it together with Band-Aids and duct tape. Um, they're going to play a, a would-be starting guard at right tackle for the second straight week uh, this coming week. They've got a backup former walk-on at left tackle, and, and because of that, they're a little susceptible to pass rush, but that line has been able to run block like you can't believe. So I don't worry too much about them uh, opening up holes. It's just a question whether they can keep Beathard upright. Beathard's been also very dinged up, and, and he's had two weeks here to, to get better. But there's always that concern that if if Beathard was to go down, the, the backup is a kid named Tyler Wiegers, who last year they were saying was just learning how to take the ball from under center. So... They've got a long way to go on that front if, they, if there is some injury. Honestly, there really aren't any weaknesses on this team. The, the, the pass rush is a little bit iffy, but if you can knock a couple guys out in specific spots, Iowa becomes a very average team very fast.
0: So you're saying then that basically Maryland's strongest point, which is their pass rush, it could have a good day. So we could see more Yannick Ngakwe highlight tape than Alex. Because I remember, I think it was Dave Elmont who was calling the game on ESPN. I don't think you heard this. He said, basically, this was the Yannick Ngakwe highlight film <laughs> with the way
2: he was yeah. terrorizing Penn State. In the- no, Maryland Maryland this year and last, um, no matter what has crumbled elsewhere on the defense, has had really good edge pass rushers. Um, and Ngakwe is really good. I think it would have been a lot of fun to see uh, Ngakwe, you know, if say that Brandon Scherf were still around. because He's gone up against some really good uh, NFL caliber tackles this year: uh, Mason Cole at Michigan, uh, Taylor Decker at Ohio State, and he's done really well. Um, so yeah, that's that's a great defensive player. I think Ngakwe might be uh, the best player on Maryland's team. You probably, well, oh, not named Will Likely. Eh. Even even considering Will Likely, I think he's great. Wow. I think he, I I think that you know Will Likely has been um, obviously really important for Maryland. Um, but in terms of you know. On defense, uh, which is most of the snaps that those guys take, um, and Gakwe is a great disruptor. And I think I think especially against a team like Iowa that I, I believe likes to run edge a little bit. I know their best offensive lineman is the center, uh, Blythe. Um, but I think that could be pretty important to keep Jordan Kinzeri on the inside of the field, um, try not to let him run beyond the
0: tackles. I was uh, about to ask that question. Uh, he got injured, I think, against
1: uh, Northwestern. And, it and, looked
2: and, like and bad. then bad. Uh, Wadley play, but is Kinzari not playing this week, Patrick, or will he be
1: in? He's not on the depth chart right now. That doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot with Iowa. Ferentz has – Ferentz learned how to coach from Bill Belichick, so his depth chart is always kind of a testament to what might not be actually happening. Um, So he's not there right now, but it doesn't mean he necessarily isn't going to play. I think it's probably doubtful. I would assume that Wally's going to be the starting halfback, but again – it's he looks great
2: against Northwestern. Is he uh, what's his back? In a freshman.
1: He, he's a great halfback. Um, uh, he's a sophomore. He actually ran for um, okay. I think 100 and about 110 against um, against Northwestern last year, and then backed it up with 180 against uh, Purdue. Um, he's a really explosive back. He's a, a complete diamond in the rough. They got out of Newark, um, which is not exactly a football powerhouse. Come
0: on, and seriously.
1: <laughs> and well Iowa he, gets
0: the running back out of Newark I mean let give the directors.
1: I know right but he, um, he he fumbled a lot last year and he fumbled his second carry of this year and everybody thought we might not see him again and then you know got pushed into duty last week and really destroyed or two weeks ago and destroyed Northwestern and so um, he kind of is a different player than Canzeria's. is a great back. He's durable he holds on to the ball. He he will get you those five yards if you need those five yards, but he doesn't quite have the explosiveness that, that Wadley does. And, and I was in pretty good hands if they can get Wadley the ball. I, what they've really done since the, the line got messed up is they've relied heavily on, on the outside zone, the inside zone, and play action pass. And so they run the ball two times out of three, and then right when you think that they're going to run it again at you, they, they roll Bethard out and, and let him throw it downfield. So – um, it's the only way they've really been able to combat having so much trouble at, at, at the tackles. And you're right. If Iowa gets in a position where they have to throw the ball a lot, they your your defensive ends could have a field day against Iowa's offensive line right now.
0: Although you didn't watch Maryland get torn apart by Christian Hackenberg on Saturday. I mean, Maryland's secondary was pretty bad. I mean, they stopped the run really well. Saquon Barkley is a great running back, and he did next to nothing, Alex. But the secondary got torched repeatedly, especially for the big play. This wasn't, you know, screen passes or tight ends underneath going for five and making it 12. This we were 33, 35-yard gains consistently. Now, I think Penn State has better wide receivers, but say when I'm hearing Patrick talk about rollouts and going for the deep ball, I'm thinking, oh, great, Sean Davis is back there covering. This could end well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um,
2: I, it's a bit... It's odd because you wouldn't think um, against Iowa teams of yore, that Maryland's secondary would have any problems. I think last year when these teams played, it was definitely into the second half before any receiver on Iowa even caught a pass. Um, but this offense is like surprisingly pretty explosive. Uh, you know, they get a lot of big plays, particularly in the passing game. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, when I looked at the schedule before the year, I definitely didn't think. Like, wow, Iowa is going to beat Maryland with this robust vertical passing game because Maryland's defensive backs absolutely can't defend down the field. Um, I think that's probably what we're looking at. I think Iowa's going to probably have a lot of big plays. Um, And I I can't explain it. I can't explain anything about Iowa. I I think it's it's an incredible thing. Um, But it seems like they've really found a way after all of these years, and Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong, um, to find some explosiveness where there had been notoriously none.
1: Oh, I think that's right. I mean, they had Greg Davis came in to become defensive or offensive coordinator in 2012 and basically said, your, your receivers are garbage. We're going to replace everything and kind of went out and tried to recruit as many fast guys as he could. And they mostly flailed out in about a year or two, but they got a couple that got through um, table on Smith, who's been kind of dinged up, but should be able to play this week um, is probably Iowa's best deep threat. They found this Matt Vandenberg kid out of nowhere. Um, a South Dakota kid that was gonna get a gray shirt. They finally threw him a scholarship right before uh, fall camp started last year and he plays a true freshman um, and has become uh, one of the best possession receivers in the conference. Uh, they got a kid named Germany Smith, a true freshman, they really relied upon. I, they, it used to be that Iowa kind of went by seniority and a lot of guys would, would continue to keep starting jobs as a result of having starting jobs before. I think that's kind of gone. I think that's been one of the biggest changes this year for, for the quote-unquote Newkirk is that they've they've kind of gone with whoever the best player is is going to get to play. I mean, last year, you guys saw Mark Weissman running off tackle. It made uh-huh. no sense at all. <laughs> yes, yes, and Jake Rudock playing
2: quarterback too.
1: And Jake Rudock playing quarterback with that offense made no sense either. And, and they have since then, I think, finally decided enough of – enough of gold stars for for seniors, it's time to get the best players on the field, and they've done so, and it it has paid off uh, remarkably quickly.
0: So, Patrick, how surprising is it this season for Iowa? Because going back into their history, they've had every six or seven years a team that ends up being really, really good. As you mentioned, 2002, they went to the Orange Bowl. 2009 they went to the Orange Bowl can't get to the Rose Bowl but you can get to play in a half empty Sun Life Stadium uh, and it's six years yes. on the and it's six years on the dot and Iowa is good again can why is is there as much surprise with Iowa being good as good as they are inside Iowa circles as there is outside Iowa because I don't think anybody expected Iowa to be in the top 10 this year at any point
1: no no, nobody did. I, the, the great irony is that if there was going to be a team that was going to break through again, it was probably last year's team. Cause it, the years that Ferrance has done, this has always been kind of, you know, junior and senior heavy teams that, that have got plenty of starts, especially in the offensive line and the defensive line and kind of parlay all that experience into enough to make up for any athletic deficiencies. Um, this year, team doesn't really have that much as far as recruiting stars go they don't have that much as far as experience goes but they have suddenly found some sort of oddball leadership thing they keep talking about that has worked for them the team passed around like a self-help book during the offseason that that became kind of their mantra for the year (laughs) this sounds (laughs) it's a very Kirk Ferentz thing yes oh it's so Kirk Ferentz it's kind of scary I mean like if like Joel Osteen is the key to Iowa's uh uh resurgence but i have about 50 uh,
0: million jokes i can make here but in deference to you i'm going to make of them. <laughs> considering where i come from so i appreciate so going to do that and I'm also i also go- also spoiler i'm going to be covering the game not for testudo times but for somebody else and i will be in iowa city at the game so i don't want to get egged or fr- have corn thrown at me so
1: yeah we will, well there is corn there's plenty of corn and there are also eggs although Drew Watts only ate like half of them oh um, okay just had to check but uh yeah no uh they are it's a weird year because nobody had expectations for anything this year in fact there was a lot of talk earlier this year about well could we get Brett Bielema to come back and and coach Iowa like that that was kind of the off-season chatter was never is this team going to be any good because we've had kind of soft schedules before that have never panned out this year just everything has kind of fallen into place and the team's playing with confidence the coaching staff seems to be far more on the ball than they've been in the last 5 years and it's paying off
0: so i'll ask you this question well before i get to a bigger one i'll start with this I, i'm going to i think maryland will keep it close by virtue of this is iowa and iowa i mean their blowouts are 31 to 10 and i think maryland last year yeah. last week proved that you know, Even though they make a bajillion mistakes, they could probably keep themselves in the game. I don't see them winning, but I'd see them at least stay, sticking around and being competitive until at least the third quarter. Alex, do you th- agree with that?
2: I think Maryland could hang around for a little bit just by natural variance, but I don't really see much of a, a path for Maryland to be competitive on the
0: road here. And Patrick, how, uh, how competitive do you think this game ends up? Or do you think Iowa does an Iowa thing?
1: I, don't, I think I think it's going to be competitive. I think Maryland has enough athletes and I, I feel like w- watching what I watched from last week that they seem to want to play for Loxley. Um, if you've got motivation, you got athletes, you're going to stay close with Iowa. It's a question of when if a team quits like Northwestern did in the second half two weeks ago, or if a team just doesn't have the, the guns to hang with them, that's when Iowa starts winning by 20, 30 points. But I don't see that being an issue for Maryland. I think they'll probably be close. I would say it's probably a two-touchdown game, but I'm guessing that we're going to be biting our fingernails into the fourth quarter at the very least.
0: That sounds like an Iowa thing. I should mention, Patrick, Maryland hasn't beaten a ranked team in five years, hasn't beaten a ranked team on the road in seven, hasn't beaten a top-ten ranked team in eight. So I think you're in pretty good hands. I should also ask this. That's a good sign. I should also ask this. Iowa's schedule after this is, is, again, it's hilarious. Indiana, I mean, they score a lot, but they also don't. Rutgers scored 55 on them. They can't defend worth anything. Uh, then I believe it's Minnesota, yep. then Purdue, and Nebraska. Do you think they get to 12 and 0? Because if you're just looking on paper, Iowa should be beating all of these teams, including Maryland.
1: Yes. Yes. No. I think they're. I think they're going to be 11 and 0, and then it's a coin flip at Nebraska. I mean, going to Nebraska is always tough, no matter how down they are, and they've lost games in weird ways too, which makes me wonder if it really uh-huh. is really, just really kind works. of yeah. yeah just the, the coin flipping the wrong way for them so i i think 11 and 0 is an absolute if not a, an absolute certainty a, a pretty safe bet um and it's coin flip at nebraska before you get to the big 10 championship game but i was as i was telling alex before they essentially have a two-game lead in the conference now or in the division so if they were to drop nebraska they're still probably going to the big 10 championship game which is essentially the goal at the end of the day. Anyway, Iowa's goals are not playoff. And that's kind of, <laughs> that's, that's Iowa at its finest. It's like, if it happens, that's great. But Iowa's goals are not playoff. So it's not as if there's a lot of pressure to finish it up 12 and 0. but I think that probably helps them actually get to 12 and no.
2: Patrick, I'm curious if Iowa gets to the, the big 10 championship game, as it looks likely, um, let's assume it's Ohio state playing in that game. Uh, decent matchup there or or no
1: i think it's actually a pretty decent matchup i I was gonna say the same thing the big issue with ohio state is they don't they don't throw the ball that well
2: right yeah
1: i think iowa can can try to shut down the run game pretty well i'm not that impressed with ohio state's offensive line right now Uh i don't know if i will be able to run the ball on on the front seven from ohio state but i think i mean frankly i think it's going to be a closer game than people think
2: I agree. I think especially the way the way Iowa stops the run. And given that JT Barrett and now Cardale Jones is now the quarterback, that doesn't jibe great with a team that shuts down the run like Iowa does.
1: I mean, I saw Oh, you want to have a quarterback who's going to throw the ball deep against yeah. Iowa. And, and I mean, really, frankly, as bad as Cardale was this first half of the year, you'd want to have Cardell Jones quarterback in your team against Iowa.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I saw the odds for uh, Iowa to make the playoff at 25 to one earlier today. So uh, it was probably something like 300 to one in August. So if you got those tickets, cash them in. 500
1: to one. 500 500 to one.
0: Okay. 500 to one. That is amazing. That's amazing. And for those of you us like me, although I won't be staying in Iowa City very long because of where my hotel is, which is not in the state of Iowa. Uh, so what could the good folks who are coming out to Iowa City from this great area, College Park, what can they do in Iowa City on game day? It's also Halloween, which will make things a bit weirder. Uh, so what can uh, we do? Where are some good places to go get drunk after Maryland loses by 50 or something? The
1: um, for, for the uninitiated Iowa City, it is – if not the number one party school in the country, definitely in the top three, and it's because of the downtown area, which has, I, at last count, like 32 bars in a four-block area. College is um, three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very. It is and they very all much all
0: and they all are awful.
1: Yeah, that's the difference. Is that these are pretty decent bars, although you could you could find yourself at some bad ones here and there. They're not too terrible. Um, if you head to, toward downtown Iowa City, you're going to find some place that's going to probably fit you um make a stop at the airliner if you get a chance because that's at least got some old iowa basketball stuff in it a former iowa basketball player used to own it and therefore there's a bunch of stuff and also it's been there for 50 years and so it's worth seeing Um, other than that a lot of the places are kind of newer joints that are frankly far too young for me but um if if you go to the the downtown area if you go to the Ped mall where there aren't any cars you can walk around literally wherever you want um it's it's well worth the trip near the stadium not near the stadium at all. The stadium's all the way on the other side of the town. So you got to get a cab downtown or or take a very sobering walk from the stadium down to <laughs> downtown. Um, it's probably about a half-hour walk if you're going to do it. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, at least Bird Stadium but, uh, to the
0: edge of campus is like 10 minutes. Whatever edge of campus. There's is. always – I've always wanted to see Kinnick there's always talk I- Great.
1: There's always talk in Iowa City of moving the stadium out – even further away from town because the hospital, which is the big money maker for the, the university is right next door. And always, oh, that seems that appropriate with stadium. Kirk
0: Ferentz coaching the team. Sorry.
1: <laughs> There's a hospital next door. That's right. Yeah. And also great for tailgating. I must say um, <laughs> I, I not, imagine. more, more than once I have taken a friend to the hospital to take a wheelchair, to take them to their house. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not that bad, but um, as it is, this campus is kind of split by the Iowa River. The stadium's on the west side. The, uh, or, yeah, the west side, the downtown's on the east side, and you got to go across the river to get to it, which means you're going to be in a massive mob of people crossing a bridge.
0: That sounds like a whole lot of fun, but I need to get into a cab anyway because the World Series is on Saturday night, and after I'm done with Maryland losing, I'm going to switch focus immediately to the Mets. This, this is a Mets fan here. Yes, a very big Mets fan. That is- You're going to Kansas City. I'm not going to Kansas City, now. I've got oh, okay. classes. I've got classes. No, I'm going in. You should find a way to make anything. that happen. Get, get, I, get that expense. expense. I wish. I wish. Uh, <laughs> You're
1: basically there.
0: Yeah. Well, I know, but it. Yeah. I was told go to the see the field of dreams where your hotel is staying. Again, hint. It's not my hotel uh, is not yeah, in the state oh. of Iowa. So yeah, I'm not going to do that.
1: Where are you staying?
0: Moline, Illinois.
1: Oh, okay. I, yeah. I did, got a forty-five I, mile drive then. Yeah. I didn't
0: waste. book the hotel.
2: I well, would assume that a hotel in Iowa City is pretty expensive on one of these six weekends a year.
1: Yes, they are, yeah. and don't go to the Field of Dreams; it's not worth it. Uh, I wasn't planning
0: on it. Again, I get in, and I'm going to turn on the Mets game immediately. So there you, so, <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, is anybody from uh, your blog, Patrick, going to be in the press box on Saturday? So I should look out for them.
1: No, we um, we are we are Verboten. From the press box in Iowa oh, City. And they're giving they don't like us very much.
0: And they're giving a press credential to Maryland student radio. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs>
1: can you explain yes. that? Can you can you
0: explain well, Alex? I mean, you've got credentialed at Ohio State, so Well I think there's there's different
2: approaches that athletic departments around the country take. Um obviously I'm I'm pretty firmly on the side of of team blogger. Bloggers being permitted to cover the games. I, I think that there might be a misperception that because we're a little bit more irreverent in our writing. That there's there's not some ability to be respectful and to be professional. Um, now that's to Maryland's credit. That's never been an issue with Maryland. I think Maryland's been um, pretty understanding and, and acted, you know, very ethically and appropriately towards us. Um, but it's I, I I definitely know that there have been um, some other some other teams that haven't had the same experience. And who knows? Time time will tell if that changes down the line. I suspect it will at some point, but who knows when.
0: Hopefully it will. Uh, Patrick, where can the people find your blog and the podcast, of which Alex was on, if you want to hear a more Iowa-tilted show?
1: Sure. Um, our blog is blackheartgoldpants.com. We're the, probably, if we're not the oldest Big Ten SB Nation blog, we're awfully damn close. We've been around for about 10 years. And um, and show it. We're all old people now. But uh, <laughs> if, uh, if you want to hear Alex's uh, lovely takes on this week's game, um, they'll be posted on Wednesday morning on our podcast. Um, also, you can go listen to all of our episodes at Blackheart Gold Podcast, which is bhgp.podbean.com or subscribe on iTunes.
2: Uh, awesome. and Patrick, Patrick is a good guy. He won't plug himself on Twitter, but I believe it is HS underscore
0: bhgp. That's correct. And I hope Alex, you didn't plug yourself on Twitter either. You got to be no. But
2: unlike Matt, I mean, they had they had the good courtesy to
0: plug me, but you you you're leaving Patrick out to dry here. I can't believe I'm it. I'm not leaving Patrick out to dry. No, I'm leaving Adam Jacoby out to dry because until now, this is the first time we mentioned him.
1: <laughs>
0: I did a good thing, well held, Matt, well held. Thank you, Patrick, so much for being on here. Hopefully. I will enjoy Iowa City as much as many good people do. I'm actually excited. I've never been to that part of the country before, so it will be a cool experience for me and the person I'm working with, and maybe one other person from Maryland who's going to be there. Uh, oh well. And Alex, uh, we will talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. We got a couple of basketball questions that we couldn't ask because, well, we wanted to focus on football. But it's getting closer. It's almost November. Almost November. Isn't that exciting? It is. I don't want to remember the Iowa basketball game from last year. That was pretty bad. That's why we didn't bring it up. I still have. <laughs> I still am having nightmares about that game. Sorry, Patrick. Anyway, okay. Anyway, it was a good show. Thank you all for listening. And of course, go Trojans.